You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick. So this week concludes our sermon series, the journey that we've been on a church uh, as a church called Winsome. And what we've really just been talking about is like, how do you make sense of what's going on in the world? But even more so than that, how do you live in a way that shines like Jesus in a world that feels really out of control? Like, have you ever experienced that? You're like, man, I don't, I don't know where this thing's going and I don't know what's happening. And, and not only do I not know what's happening, I don't know what it looks like to live like Jesus in a world that seems like everything is but Jesus. Like there's nothing Jesus happening in the world. And so how do we live in a winsome way that would allow the people in this world to see the light of Jesus? If the world is out of control, how do we live in such a way where God has placed us. I don't know if you realize this, but God has put you at a particular place among a particular people with his power and his presence to show the light of Jesus to that particular group. And so even though it feels really daunting and even though it feels like things are out of control, one of the things that's the most beautiful thing about God is nothing's out of control when he has called his people, he's predestined his people, he's empowered his people, he sent his people into the world to be the light of Jesus into a world that desperately needs to see and hear Jesus. And kind of where we anchored ourselves in this sermon series was in Acts 5. And Acts 5 is one of those passages for me because it's kind of like with the church, the honeymoon is over. Like in Acts 2, like they're all together, they're praying together, like the power of the Holy Spirit comes and tongues of fire. And I don't know what that means, but fire is romantic. And so I'm like, okay, so it's like a romantic moment in the church. And, and so God's power comes and then they're all together and people are like, hey, I want to do this. And then they're eating together. And who doesn't like to eat together? Can I get an amen? Oh, Lord, y'all don't like food either. We'll keep working. All right. And then you get to Acts 4, and it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's God's people. They're together. They're in God's power. The power of God is coming. It's moving among the people. The people are seeing the church at work, and there's all these great things happen. And then all of a sudden, Acts 5 comes, and Peter and John are kind of thrown in jail. And then there's some persecution that happens. And then there was some people who dropped dead because there was this weird giving moment in the church, and they lied. And then the youth group had to carry them out because they dropped dead. Some of you are laughing right now. I promise you this is in here. They're like, man, you are making this stuff up. It is in here. It is in the Bible. And so it's kind of like the honeymoon's over. Like it's kind of like the chaos of the world is kind of caught up to the church. It's kind of like there's the religious people that don't want the message of Jesus to get out. It's kind of like the world is trying to fight back. The Roman empire is like, hey, no, no, no. We already have the son of God. He's the emperor. We don't need a new son of God. And so it's kind of where the honeymoon is over, and thus this begins the work of God. And one of the first things we see is that they have a commitment to be among the people. Even though they were facing persecution, they had a commitment to be relationally together and among the people. Like they knew that the advancement of the gospel was not going to come by them hiding in a bunker. They were like, hey, if Jesus saw people, we're going to be among people. If Jesus witnessed among people and called people to himself, we're going to be among people. If Jesus saw people, we want to see people. 
As you continue on in that passage, there was just like this weird tension because people saw them. They saw the power of God. They saw what God was doing. But then at the same time, they would say, hey, you want to join us? And they'd be like, that's not that's okay. Like, we'll hang out here. We really respect you. We really like you. Oh, that's cool. My grandmother was a Christian. That's awesome. But we're not going to jump in quite yet. And so they had to learn how to navigate this tension of what does it look like to be the people of God among the religious circles who were persecuting Jesus and among the cultural moment at that time that didn't want anything to do with the gospel. Have you ever felt that tension? You're like, man, I don't know how to walk this Jesus thing out right now. Like, I I don't want to tell anyone I'm a Christian because I have no idea what that would mean. Like, what does that even mean anymore? I don't know what they would think of me. And so as winsome people, we have to learn what it means to navigate the tension. We have to learn what it means to be Jesus to a world that wants nothing to do with Jesus. We have to learn to navigate the tension about a, with, among a church that thinks they are professing and doing the work of Jesus, but actually they're against everything the gospel stands for. And so to be a winsome people means that I'm not going to be burned out by either side, but I'm going to stand in the middle. I'm going to embrace the tension. I might not fit in anywhere, but I'm going to walk in the gray and I'm going to be a light of Jesus in the midst of the gray. And so as you continue on in that passage, then it talks about Peter healing people with his shadow. I mean, this is nuts. Like I probably, you're like, he's making this up again. I promise you it is in here. People are being healed by Peter's shadow. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about is when it comes to being a winsome presence, part of being a winsome presence means that you and I are committed to be an outpost of healing for those around us. In order to be a winsome presence, you and I are committed to be an outpost of healing for those around us. Have you ever thought about what it means to follow Jesus and be a part of his kingdom? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, when you look at what's happening, as I think at least in my own life, I've kind of boiled that down to a moment on Sunday. Like I've kind of just like, okay, to follow Jesus, to be a part of his kingdom means that I show up on time somewhere on Sunday. In fact, if I don't show up on time, I'm going to be late and then I'll feel awkward and I'll sit in my car and I'll just leave and I'll go get brunch. Or if I don't show up at all, mom's going to call and then I'll have to lie to mom and I don't like lying to mom. And so mom's going to check in. She's going to ask if I went to church. And so I just need to make sure that I am someplace on Sunday, even if it's the church parking lot. And so that's kind of what we think about what it means to follow Jesus and be a part of the kingdom of God. And if we carry that a little further, that means that sometimes we'll hear our favorite song, right? Like, I hope that they play Oceans this week because I really don't think it's church unless they play Oceans. And so if I hear my favorite song, if I hear the encouraging word, hopefully, and as long as that word rhymes or begins with the first letter, like of all the first letters of the pastor's point, like line up, then I've been to church. Like that's when I can say that I've been to church. I followed Jesus. I heard the podcast. It was all really great. But actually to be the people of God and to be a part of the kingdom of God means that we are willing to access the power of God for a world that desperately needs healing. 
I mean, if, you, if you're believing this, if this is what it means to follow Jesus and be a part of his kingdom, that means that the maker, of the, the maker of what it means to be the people of God, the marker of what it means to be the people of God is not necessarily in what we say, and maybe the creative sermon is really good, and not necessarily in what we sing, and not the shoes that we wear. Come on, pastors wearing shoes. Like, it's not, we're not defined by the shoes. We're not defined by any of that. It means that we are defined by the power power of God. It means that when we look at the people of God, we remember not what they've said in the podcast and all the things that we experienced on Sunday, but we remember that we were tangibly touched by the power and presence of God. I mean, this is what it means to be the people of God. This is what it means to follow Jesus and be a part of his kingdom. I love how Paul says this to the church at Corinth. So the church at Corinth, like Paul is going back and forth with them. He's going back and forth. He's trying to like figure out what's going on. He's trying to tell them about Jesus. They hear all the wisdom of the world. They're a very gifted place. He's going back and forth. And he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. And so what he's doing here is he's reminding them that what this thing that we're doing and the thing that we're a part of, this following Jesus is not about showing up at a place on time on Sunday necessarily, but it's about the power of God coming into the world. It's about the power of God being unleashed in such a way where people cannot help but see the power of God and will not be able to deny the kingdom of God. I mean, this is what God's talking about. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus accessing the kingdom of God. And so when I think about us being a winsome presence, when I think about being a winsome presence in the midst of the world, it is displaying the power of God so that the people who do not know God can experience God and come to know God and come to be a part of his kingdom. I mean, anytime God is on the move, he is on the move and he's displaying his power. I mean, when you think about that for a second, like when you think about how Jesus walked and talked and lived, like we have a few sermons from Jesus, right? Like Sermon on the Mount, that's the sermon. We listen to that thing over and over again. Like we talk about it all the time. But over and over and over again, Jesus would say a few things, but he would demonstrate so much more, right? Like he would say a few things, but he would heal someone in a moment. He would say a few things, but he knew that the only way that this thing was going to take root was because the power of God was on display in and through him. Here's a bigger question I have. Have you ever thought about what it would look like for you to bring healing by the power of God to a world that's hurting? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, let's just step back and think about that for a second. Like to think that God would call us, that he would empower us, and that he would heal us in order to bring healing to another person in this world. Have you ever thought about that? I think one of the interesting things about healing when it comes to healing is that, and when it comes to the power of God, is I think that we are all on this path of self-healing, right? Like, I think we're all trying to figure out what does it mean to be self-healed. I think we are obsessed with personal healing. What would happen if the church, what would happen if the people of God woke up and became obsessed with the healing of the people around them? Have you ever thought about that? 
personal healing is a wonderful and amazing thing. It is so amazing to receive the spiritual, emotional, physical healing from God. But here's the question. Do you receive that just to get out of the pit and move on? Or did you receive that healing so that you could pull other people out of the pit as you move on through life? I mean, this is what God is doing. He is healing his people so that they can bring healing to the world. So when it comes to our lives, here's one thing I'm confident about. I am pretty confident that no one in this room wakes up and says, you know what? I can't wait to hurt some people today. Anyone? If you do, we can talk afterwards. That's great. Like we can we can talk this thing out. I'll hear you out. It'll be great. Like I'll nod my head and act like I'm understanding what you're saying. And then I'll tell you what Jesus says at the end. Like it'll be great. I'll go through the motions. But chances are none of us wake up and say, you know what? I hurt. I hope I hurt a lot of people today. I hope that I leave a trail of bodies behind me and I hope that I just make everyone cry today. Like none of us say that. So why do we experience that when we look at the world? Why do we experience that when we see Jesus followers walking among people? Why do we see people hurting people? Why is this still still a thing? So what I would love to do is I want to talk about healing because I believe that to be a winsome people means that we are willing to bring healing to a world that's desperately hurting. I really believe that. But here's the thing. I need to stop and say this before I move any further is I am going to say some very big things this morning and you're going to really want me to drop in some with some footnotes. Like you're going to be like, oh, he said that, but I was really waiting for the but. Oh, he said that, but you know, you also have to say the other thing. Like on Twitter, we call that the actual people. Like actually, so like somebody tweets something and then someone comes in with an actually because in the 140 or 240 characters, they didn't say everything that's to be said about that subject in that one tweet. And so someone comes in and they say actually. Your heart is gonna wanna say actually when I'm talking, but here's the deal. When it comes to healing, I think that we have been beat up Let me say it differently. I think the kingdom of God has been beat out of us. Therefore, we accept what is culturally appropriate rather than what is kingdom appropriate. And so there's some things that I'm going to say that are going to make you uncomfortable. But I believe that it is so important to remind ourselves that we are a part of a kingdom and we are not a part of this culture. Like there is healing that happens in the power of God, in the kingdom of God. And I think the world is going to do everything it can to forget, help us, make us forget that we are a part of a kingdom rather than that culture. We are a part of a kingdom of power. We serve a God who has power. We serve Jesus who wants to unleash his kingdom into this world. We're going to feel uncomfortable. That's okay because I think we've drifted too far to the culture rather than the kingdom that God has called us to. Your heart is going to want to say actually, but I just ask that you just keep on going with me and let's press in a little further. I want to pause and tell you about a special opportunity for the people of Bright City, Charleston. Have you ever struggled to live like Jesus in your own context? Do you struggle in having a vision of what it looks like for the church to bring the kingdom into culture. I know I've struggled both of these things. A few years ago, we wrote a curriculum called The Way of the Bright, a creative vision for shining in a dark world. The heart behind this curriculum was to provide the owners of Bright City with a path to order our lives around seven different tenets to help us encounter God and shine 
in our culture. This fall, for the first time ever, we're offering the Way of the Bright as one of our weekly groups so we can walk through the material together, growing closer to God and growing closer to each other at the same time. This will be an incredible group for all who struggle with having a vision of what it looks like to live like Jesus in our world. This would also be an incredible opportunity for anyone who is new to Bright City or anyone who wants to dive in deeper to this church family. We're hosting the group here at Bright City Church every Monday night for eight weeks starting on September 13th. The groups start at 6.30 p.m. and will wrap up at 8 p.m. And for all those who need it, we'll be offering some amazing children's activities. We're anticipating a fruitful time as we navigate this sacred commitment we can make with one another and God. And I can't wait to see you there. So what does it look like to be a winsome people? What does it look like to be a people that bring healing into the world? In Mark's gospel, chapter 5, I love this moment because it's chaos. It's like just chaos of all chaos, and Jesus navigates it so well. I'll start in verse 21. It says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was at the lake. First of all, I love how Jesus did boat ministry. I know I say that all the time, but I love that Jesus loved to be on a boat. I feel like more things would happen in the kingdom of God if more people were on the boat in the name of Jesus. So he comes to this place, and actually he's coming over to this place because he's coming from a place where he just healed someone who was struggling with demonic things. And so this guy had essentially removed himself from culture. He removed himself from the city, and he essentially kind of lived in a cave. He was a recluse, and he had been at this moment where he had this demonic force in his life. And so Jesus, they come with the boat to this guy and the guy rushes Jesus and Jesus heals him all of a sudden. And then he takes the D de- I'm telling you, I'm going to say some stuff and you're like, Nick is really close to handling snakes. I can feel it like the vipers are coming out next week. I, I promise that's not happening. But Jesus heals this guy. He calls the demonic forces out of him and he puts the demonic forces in the pigs and they run into the water. And what I love about this moment is because I think as a culture, We have gotten used to the hate and hurt and all the things that are happening in the world. And we live with the demonic tormenting other people rather than bringing the kingdom into their life. And so Jesus comes in this moment and he's like, hey, that person is dark and demonic for a reason. Like that person is struggling for a reason. We're not going to move on from this moment. It's not acceptable by the kingdom of God's standards. It might be acceptable by the cultural standards to move on. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we need to stop in this moment and we need to help this person. So that's what he's coming from. And so he's coming from and he's going to this new place and he gets to this place. And it says, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and lived. So Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed in around him. So this next place is kind of where I want us to see what it looks like to be winsome and what it looks like to bring the kingdom of healing to a world that desperately needs it. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she only grew worse. So what this looks like 
is this woman had risked everything that she had going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to try to figure out what was wrong with her. And so probably the equivalent of that today is like, listen to that podcast, read that book. If you do this, if you do that, if you don't eat this, if you don't eat that, like whatever it is, however it looks, like she tried it all. And one of the things I love about this world and one of the things I love about the people of God and one of the things I love about the heart of God is there are things in this world that he has brought out of this world to help us medically, with science, with all the things. But at this moment, this person had tried everything and she had come up short and she was done suffering. I think she was suffering physically, but I also think she was suffering from a broken heart. She was like, I have tried too many things and all hope is lost. And one of the most beautiful things about this moment is that she has reached the end of herself. And if she has reached the end of herself, then she has reached the beginning of God. And so if it is that place in your life where you're like, man, I have tried this, I have tried that, I've tried to read this, I've tried to do that, I've tried all the oils, I've tried all the rocks, I've tried all the crystals, I've tried everything and nothing else. That is the most beautiful place to be because at the end of yourself is the beginning of God when it comes to healing. And so this woman was at the end of herself. And so when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt it in her body and she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answers, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, he told, she told the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from suffering. So this passage to me essentially is what it's like to live in this world. Because what it looks like is that there are so many people who are hurting around us and trying everything to heal the hurt in their lives, and they don't know how they're going to end their suffering. They don't know how they're going to experience healing. And this is what it means to be the kingdom of God. This is what it means to bring the kingdom of God into the world. It's so crazy to me that Jesus wanted to unleash a power that made people well. And what I think we have done as a church is done everything we can to work out that power out of our churches because it's not tidy and it doesn't look great. And meanwhile, we're calling things the power of God. In actuality, this is the power of God. Like, like when the, the music builds and the subs hit or whatever it is, that's not the power of God. When people are healed after 12 years, that's the power of God. And so how can we be a winsome presence in a world that def- uh, desperately needs healing? One of the first things that we see right here is people. We have to see people. We have to see what's going on in their life. We have to see past the surface of hate and hurt that they're displaying on the outside. When you look at this moment, Jesus could have kept going. Like, I love Jesus in the Gospels. Like, he knows exactly what the religious leaders are thinking. And he's like, and he knows what they were thinking. Hey, Simon, let me tell you something. Like, he just knows. He's like a thought ninja. Like, he just knows. And so to know that he knew that this woman touched him, and he's like, who touched me? 
Like Jesus would go out of his way to see people. There was a moment where he met this woman at a well in John 4. It was like the road less traveled, but Jesus is like, hey, we got to go there because I'm meeting a woman at the well. She's going to receive healing. She's going to receive forgiveness, and she's going to change this town because of the healing and the forgiveness that she's received in this moment. Jesus always went out of the way for people because he knew people were important when it came to the kingdom of God and when it comes to experience the healing of God. And so when he sees this woman, he is looking past it all, and he's like, all right, what's the hurt? How can I help? I mean, this is who Jesus is. So when it comes to your life and when it comes to wherever you go, wherever you work, wherever you play, wherever you live your life, do you see people as just hateful people who are hurting others, or do you see people as hurting people who are displaying hate? And this is what it means to be winsome. In order to have the power of God break into that moment is we truly have to see what is going on in people's lives. We can't move to the next thing. Like Jesus was was late to another healing, but for whatever reason, he was like, hey, I need to pause right here. I need to pause right now. Who touched me? What's going on? How, How did this happen? I think we are surrounded by people who are exhausted of trying things in this world and we pass right by the people who desperately need the kingdom of God and they just don't know what the kingdom is or who the king is and what the kingdom is capable of. We have the kingdom of God and the power of God and that could change a life in a moment but we have to not pass people by. We have to not discredit people. We have to not discount people. We can't just say, you know what, that's ridiculous, like that's this, that's that. How do you view people when you're in your life and you're doing the things that you do? Do you see what's going on in their life or do you see what's being displayed from their life? Like we've all heard it before, hurt people hurt people, right? We love to say that, but do we know why the people are hurting and therefore hurting people? Like the enemy is on the move and he is taking people hostage and the kingdom of God wants to unleash people from their things that hold them captive. But we cannot deliver people if we pass by people. We cannot help people experience the freedom of Christ, the healing power of Christ if we don't see them. We cannot help people get well if we're just going to discredit them as hateful and hurtful and move on. They might be hateful and they might be hurtful, but why are they hateful and hurtful? Jesus always saw people. And here's the thing I love about Jesus. He was never inconvenienced. He was always moved to compassion and empathy. How amazing is that? Like when he would see someone, it was compassion, empathy, healing. Compassion, empathy, healing. He wanted to see people free. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to bring freedom to the people who desperately need it. Like he was prophesied that that's who he would be. He came and he showed up at the synagogue and he read that passage and he was like, I am here. And he was here to do what he was here to do because people desperately need healing. Do you see people as people who need healing or do you see people as inconveniences in your life? 
I mean, in order to be a winsome person in the kingdom of God means that, you know what, I'm stopping, I'm seeing this person hurt, and I want to help. I want to bring the power that brings healing. Another thing that we see in this moment is that we see power. We see power. I think for whatever reason, the church has bought the lie that the resurrection power was a tease or some sort of like thing that happened. And, and it was just like this thing that we celebrate every year and we get all dressed up and it's amazing and we all wear our pastels rather than a display of what God can actually do in and through his people. Like when you know the resurrection power of God and when you know the resurrection story of what that means for the kingdom of God, here's what that means for you and I. It means that God conquered death through the power of God through his son Jesus and he raised him from the dead and he took that power and he sent it into his people so that he could send his people into the world so that they could send the power of God into the world. The resurrection was not a tease of like, hey, look what I can do. It was supposed to be a display of what God wants to do on this earth. How amazing is that? We do not come as hostages of this culture, but we come as ambassadors of the kingdom. We're not here because we're going in the undertow of what is happening in this world. We are here as people who are on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, and we have the power of God, we have the resurrection power of God, and he wants us to use that power for the healing of those around us. We have the power of God. If you are in Christ, then Christ's power is in you. And if Christ's power is in you, then Christ's power wants to work through you. This is what it means to bring the kingdom of God. Like when Jesus said, hey, when you pray, I want you to pray like this on earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is on earth as it is in heaven, you're going to bring the power of heaven to the people on earth. And I think too often we dismiss the power of God. And that is actually how God displays his kingdom. Like he wants to lead with the power. Like, I love what we get to do here, and I'm so grateful that we get to do it. But there is something greater than this, and it is the power of God that is at work for healing for his people. And when he heals his people, then he unleashes his people into this world to bring healing to this world. I love how Paul says this to the church at Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, and 5. I'll just read this section. He says, because the gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. I mean, how many times do we as the church get up and say, hey, yeah, yeah, we preach the gospel. Like, yeah, we preach the gospel. Yeah, the gospel's preached. It's good. Check that. And Paul's like, hey, if you preach the gospel, then the power should have come. Like, if you were living out the gospel in life, then the power should flow through you. Because part of that gospel is that Jesus died, he saved you, he forgave you, he extended his mercy to you, he extended the reconciling news of the gospel to you, but he also extended the reconciling power of God to us for the world. You are a powerful people. You're not a victim of this earth. Like we're in it and, it and it's hard, but you're not a victim. You're a victor. Like he has put his power in you. When some people realize the power that they have from God so that they can bring that power with them into this world. 
Who doesn't need the power of God? Like when you're thinking about the people who are actually hurting around you, when you're thinking about the people who are actually struggling through life, like when you think about the people who are just like going through it in the name of Jesus, who doesn't need the healing power of God? Like I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I need it just to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, we got to do this again. Like I got to get up again and like do the carpool and the, and the thing and the thing and the thing and then the other thing. And then, oh, we do it again. We get up and we do like we need the power of God. And if the people of God need the power of God, how much more do the people who do not know God need the power of God? Like they need that they for 12 years. They've been suffering for 12 years. They've been struggling. There's other places in the gospel where it says that for 38 years he laid lame. How many people have we passed by and not offered the power of God, therefore delayed the healing that God's power has for them? I mean, this is the beautiful thing about Jesus is he just walks right up and he's like, hey, do you do you do you want to be well? Like, do you want to be healed? I mean, God bless Jesus. Like he comes to the blind guy and he's like, hey, what's wrong? How can I help? It's like, duh. But he knew that because he just, he, just, he just wanted them to receive the power of God. And it started with the words that flowed out of their mouth. It's the faith. Do you have faith that God's power is in you? And do you have faith that God's power wants to work through you? When we are going to be a winsome people and we're going to walk into this world, we have to know that we are powerful people. Do you know that you're a powerful person? I, I mean, I, I know that I feel weak some days. But the most beautiful thing about weakness is what does Paul say? In our weakness, we access his power, power strength. So people, power, I told you it can't be church unless they all start with the same letter, promises. So Jesus looks at this woman and he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, be freed from your suffering. Again, I'm telling you right now, you're more used to hearing the message of this culture rather than the message of the gospel. But the gospel is one of faith. And he says that faith does things. Faith moves the heart of God. Faith moves the power of God. And when we exercise faith, we get to experience the power of God. And when we believe the promises of God, God's power comes into any situation. How amazing is that? Here's the most beautiful thing about God is and he writes this thing down and he's encouraging his people. He's like, hey, if you got mustard seed faith, that's okay. I can work with that, right? Like if you if you're the like I believe help my unbelief anybody out there that's me, like I I believe help my unbelief. It's like the fine print. It's like I believe but help my unbelief. Like God's like I can work with that. When it comes to being a winsome people who are going to bring healing to this world, we have to know that this is God's heart. Like healing for the people of this world, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it looks like, however it looks, it is his plan and his promise for this world. And here's what I need you to know. Here's where I'm coming from that, because I know that sometimes it's like, well, actually, like I have watched my mom have cancer and I have prayed for her healing and I have watched her die. I just have. I have watched my daughter have a seizure be stuck in the hospital, pray for her healing, and watch her walk again. 
And as the people of God, we cannot let the casualties of this world discount us from believing in the power of God. Can't. We can't let it. We have to believe that every moment, at any moment, at any time, God can heal. We have to believe that if Jesus came and he walked this earth and he said some great things, he did so many more things. Like when he displayed who he was and what his kingdom was about, he did it through healing. He did it through miracles. He did it through power. And we cannot let the place of this world beat the hope of the power of God out of us. We have to cling to his promises. We have to say, God, I know you can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. That's okay. You didn't do it there, but I can believe you could do it. I believe you could do it. Okay, you did it there. Let's celebrate. God, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I believe you can do it. Okay, you didn't do it there. That's okay. God, I know you can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe that you can do it. You did it there. This is the world that we are part of. He wants to bring healing to this world. He wants us to see his people. He wants to bring his power. And we have to cling to his promises. And if we can do that, we can be a winsome people that bring healing to this world. So do you believe in the promises of God? Here's the crazy thing about God. Is that God promises healing on this earth, whether that be spiritual, emotional, physical, whatever it looks like, healing on this earth, and he promises absolute healing in eternity. How amazing is that? Like, that's the God. He's like, I I just need you to know I'm covering it all. My kingdom starts with healing, and it ends with healing. Like, when, when, when God was bringing his kingdom, even when he was bringing his kingdom among the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, I'm gonna go Old Testament on you. What did he display? He displayed his power. Because he wants people to see his power. God has put his power in you. And it is the healing power that this hurting world needs. But the question is, are you going to let God use you? He will not bully you. He will not bully you. But he desperately wants to use his people to bring healing to this world. Let me pray for us. Father, I just ask that you would uh, just heal now. Uh, Father, I think healing for the world starts with uh, healing for us. And so, Father, we, we seek out your healing. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, if people need healing this morning, God, we want to see you move. You don't want us to walk in unbelief. You want us to walk in belief. And part of that belief is seeing your power at work. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would heal souls this morning. Father, I pray if uh, people are holding on to hurt, God, would you heal that? Father, I I pray if people have been spiritually hurt, maybe it's spiritual abuse, whatever it is, Father, if they've been hurt in the past, God, I just pray that you would heal that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for physical healing right now in the name of Jesus. Father, if people, if someone here has been struggling with something for 12 years, God, I just pray that you would touch their life. Father, I pray that they would be healed right now. Your kingdom comes in power. If we are Jesus followers and we are part of your kingdom, God, we want to see your healing power. Would you bring healing?
Father, we want to see your power again. We want to see your healing again. God, we need your healing again. God, this world needs your healing again. Father, would you use us in the name of Jesus? Amen. Thanks for listening in to Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.